Today on The Exam Room. There are certain foods that when you bring them into your diet actually seem to be associated with weight loss. At Harvard University 2015, researchers looked at a massive group of people, more than 100,000 people, tracked their diet changes and found certain foods that were associated with weight loss if they were brought into the diet in a big way. And the number one category of foods is... Welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for raising your health IQ with us coast to coast and around the world in great cities like Santa Clara, California, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Tokyo, Japan. Wherever you are, we appreciate you helping to make the world a healthier place. This is episode one of season seven, number 500 overall. 500 episodes. Can you believe it? That is a lot. What a monumental number to kick off 2024. And with this being the new year, it seems like every year on January 1st, half of the entire world goes on a diet. You know the saying, new year, new you. But really, when you think about it, there's nothing new about this. Because the whole idea of a healthier you as we hang up the new calendar traces back well over a century. And it seems like for just as long as that, we've been willing to try anything to slim down. I mean, take a look at the 1920s when people were puffing away on the cigarette diet to shed unwanted pounds. And then a decade later, checkout aisles were lighting up with people binging on citrus as part of the grapefruit diet craze. And then in the 1960s, there was the drinking man's diet. And somewhere in between then and now, we've seen the cookie diet, the cabbage diet, the baby food diet, and God only knows how many others. But luckily, we have come a long way. And my guest today says that it is high time that we push pause on turning to fads to fight fat. And instead, we should turn to regular food, healthy food, to turn our weight loss dreams into our healthy realities. Dr. Neil Barnard is with us today to kick off the new year, and he has with him five foods to help you lose weight fast, and not just lose the weight, but keep it off for good. Also today, the Power Foods Focus is back, and we are going to be talking about foods that work just like another weight loss craze, weight loss drugs, but none of the side effects to go with them. So think about Wagovi, think about Ozempic, but none of the baggage that a lot of people who are taking them can be saddled with. So this is all very exciting. Five foods for maximum weight loss in this new year. Let's get right to it with Dr. Barnard on the exam room. Good to see you as always, my friend. Hi, good to see you, Chuck. All right, so we've got the cigarette diet, we've got the drinking man's diet, the baby food diet was another one. Uh, which of these are you most likely to prescribe to your patients, Dr. <laughs> Barnard? Oh, good grief. When you said the cigarette diet, I thought that can't be true. But you know, that I'm sure that was true because one of the things that people ha that happens to them when they quit smoking is they gain weight. So you can imagine people trying that. Don't try this at home. 
smoke your pounds away, my friends. Not a great idea. And cigarettes were endorsed by doctors like what, through the 50s and even probably part of the 60s? Isn't that true? They were. And uh, cigarettes were sold at my hospital, George Washington University Hospital, until the mid 80s. So um, people were slow to pick up on that. So that's not healthy. But so are a lot of the diets that people try to do that. They end up doing more harm than good. All right. Well, let's shift away from the cigarettes and shift over to a healthier option. Forget the fads. Your message has been, as long as we've been doing this show, let's just focus on some really healthy foods. And you've come up with a list of five that can really help us achieve our weight loss goals. So go ahead. Let's start running through these. What's the first on your list? Okay. Um, and first of all, where these came from, uh, researchers have actually looked at going beyond getting away from the foods that cause weight gain, that's a good point. But there are certain foods that when you bring them into your diet actually seem to be associated with weight loss. At Harvard University 2015, researchers looked at a massive group of people, more than 100,000 people, tracked their diet changes and found certain foods that were associated with weight loss if they were brought into the diet in a big way. And the number one category of foods is blueberries and other berries. And there's a number of reasons for that. They're, they're high in fiber, they're really low in calories, they tend to be filling. However, there, there's, there's another thing, Chuck, and that is you look at that blue color. I mean, you could see a blueberry's color at 300 yards. That deep purple color is what we call anthocyanins. It's an antioxidant. And two years after the Harvard study came out, 2017, researchers in the United Kingdom looked at twins. And what they found is that if you took a twin pair, and you put them in a DEXA machine, so which the, the a DEXA machine looks at your body composition. The twin who ate the most anthocyanins had 9% less body fat, specifically abdominal fat, compared to her identical twin sister. The reason we do this kind of research is that it takes genetics out of it and it focuses on foods that people are eating. Uh, why is that? What we think is that there is something about these anthocyanins that affects body metabolism. So what do you do? Do you go to the store and just get a capsule of anthocyanins? No. What you do is you go to the store and get some blueberries. Get While you're at it, get some mangoes and maybe some bananas and just slice them up together and have this as, as a really nice dessert, that trio of blueberries and mangoes and bananas. It's sweet as pudding, but there's nothing bad in it. Or in the Power Foods Diet, you'll see Dustin Harder's wonderful recipe for blueberry pops or he's got a triple berry sorbet, or even take your French toast and drizzle it with his blueberry syrup. So there are ways to bring the anthocyanins into your diet, whether it's blueberries or all the things that come from them. Well, so now that's very interesting that it's not just, you know, you, you can obviously, I mean, pick up that quart of blueberries and they're delicious. And I feel like it's especially like on a warm summer's day, you just get a handful of these things and you go to town and they're delicious. Um, but it sounds like you still get these benefits no matter how it is that you're consuming the blueberry, short of eating something like not Dustin Harder's blueberry uh, pop, but you know, a blueberry pop tart, probably not going to do you any favor. So where do we draw the line between the benefits that come from eating the blueberry and then when it's just been processed beyond any sort of, uh, I don't, I can't even say the word that I want to say on the show. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And you're thinking, right. It really depends on what you mix it with. 
So this dessert that I described, which is very simple, it's, it's not even a recipe. Let's say I take blueberries, mangoes, bananas. What am I doing? I'm mixing three high fiber, effectively zero fat, low calorie foods together, and you get a nice subtle taste. It's great. Now, if you take the blueberries and you bake it into a muffin, you're thinking, no, there's, there's no way that can be um, healthy. It depends entirely on what's in that muffin. If you make it with a nice, uh, a, a nice natural whole grain flour, um, fair enough. If you pack in a whole bunch of butter and shortening and oil, which is what's in most muffins, that's what makes them kind of gooey. Well, you're going to completely undo the benefit of the blueberries. Um, so by the way, Lindsay S. Nixon, who is a terrific recipe developer and worked along with Dustin on the recipes in the Power Foods Diet, came up with a really nice muffin recipe that Chuck, I'm going to make it for you. It's wild blueberry muffins. Uh, basically no fat, um, all goodness. I'm all about a good blueberry muffin, my friend. Have been for many, many years. And I know that if it's in your book, The Power Foods Diet, it's going to be a healthy muffin and we're going to be good to go. So I, I'm especially happy about that. Um, oh, I would assume frozen blueberries, when they're out of season, those are also going to be okay? Frozen blueberries, perfectly fine. In, in fact, they're, they're good. They're, they're really economical and they're ready when you are. Uh, the funny thing about blueberries, if they're fresh, delicious, but they don't last super long. So having some frozen ones in, in, the, in the freezer is a good idea. And just to kind of clean things up here a little bit, uh, I also want to go ahead and, and ask you whether or not um, other berries, we're focusing on blueberries, but uh, strawberries, raspberries, blackberries, would they also give us some sort of benefit here? They do. Yeah, they're all uh, the Harvard researchers included them, found the same benefit, and they all have anthocyanins. The, the funny thing about this category, you know, people haven't heard much about anthocyanins. They know beta carotene. That's the orange antioxidant in carrots, sweet potatoes. They know lycopene, maybe. That's the red in a tomato or watermelon. But the anthocyanins are also powerful antioxidants, and they're in a huge range. Uh, strawberry, that's not lycopene. That's anthocyanin, that, that, that version of red. Grapes, uh, the purple grapes, uh, blueberries. And in October and November, when the leaves are turning all those wild colors, that's all anthocyanins. That's a whole big painting box. So that's what the UK researchers uh, jumped in on. And so whether the anthocyanins come from blueberries, strawberries, raspberries, or any place, uh, they're part of that good, healthy group. All right. So we've got berries at the top of the list. What's number two? Okay. Now for number two, it's not exactly a food. It's a spice and it's cinnamon. And the reason that I want to bring in cinnamon, people have looked at cinnamon for a long period of time because there is evidence that it actually, as it, as it goes down your digestive tract, tastes good on the taste buds, goes down. It actually attaches to a certain receptor in your gut wall that has a slight metabolism boosting effect. It stimulates the production of epinephrine, boosts your metabolism a little bit. So is this real? Will this work? There have been lots and lots and lots of studies, but one that I really like quite a lot, uh, brought in more than 100 people, randomly assigned them to either a placebo, dummy, nothing, um, or active cinnamon. And the amount that they used was not heroic. It was about a teaspoon uh, per day. And what they found is that over a 16 week period, the average person lost almost eight pounds. Um, and this was compared to the placebo control group that thought they were getting cinnamon, but they actually weren't. So we think the effect is real, but here again, uh, the same, same risk. You could take cinnamon and you can, there are good ways to do it. Um, if you want, you could take it in capsules like the research subjects did. Although I don't think you really need to do that. I would put it on your oatmeal or let's say you're making French toast. Don't make French toast the 
usual way where you have it sopping up eggs and milk and calories and all that kind of stuff. Um, use my French toast recipe, which is very light, delicious. Um, and you can crisp it up in your pan. Um, and you put a little bit of cinnamon on there if you want, along with the cinnamon, blueberry cinnamon syrup. And it just makes the food taste great. But the food you're using it on is also really good because it's high fiber and uh, not calorie laden. So you can make it work really, really well. And is there a particular type of cinnamon that might work best here? Or is this just kind of a broad spectrum of all the cinnamons that really we can benefit from? Oh, Chuck, I'm really glad you asked that. Yes, the answer is Ceylon cinnamon, um, cinnamon from Sri Lanka, but it's com commonly referred to as Ceylon cinnamon. Now, you go to the store, you may not see it. Um, what you're going to so see in the store very often is uh, uh, it'll say China, it'll say Vietnam, say Indonesia, something like that. Um, those are a relative. They taste, in fact, they often taste a little bit stronger than Ceylon cinnamon, but the Ceylon cinnamon is the one that you want. That's the one that's got the benefits. What, what Do we know what it is specifically about Ceylon cinnamon? Is it the soil that it's grown in? Is it the climate? Like what, what is it about this particular cinnamon? Or do we even know, is this a magical spice? Um, I, I don't think it's the growing conditions. I think it's the actual cultivar. Um, it's actually the genetics of it. And the others are uh, a, a very close cousin of it, but they're not the same. All right, number three on the list, we've got berry cinnamon, and what is next? The next one is gonna surprise you a little bit, and I'm gonna say it's the, the basic plain Jane food for a lot of people, but it's brown rice. And why am I saying brown rice? Try this yourself at home. If, you're have, if you feel like, gee, my weight is just not right, I really need to get back to basics. Cook yourself up some brown rice, include it in what you eat day by day, and you'll start to realize, wait a minute, back when Japan was pre-Westernization, uh, pre 1950s, early 1960s, before McDonald's brought meat and cheese in, the Japanese population was the thinnest, longest lived population on the planet. Now they were eating what? Pork? Maybe a little here and there. Fish? Yeah, maybe a little bit, but the bulk of the diet was rice. Now what they had was white rice, because white rice is more shelf stable. Um, it does not tend to get, um, the, it, the brown rice, the fiber, the fiber coating contains a little bit of natural oils that will eventually go rancid if you keep it on the shelf too long. So white rice became really popular, but you're better off with the brown rice. So um, brown rice to some people when they make it, yes, it's high in fiber, it's really low in calories, very filling and will help you lose weight. But for a lot of people, the way they cook it, you know what? It comes out like West newspapers um, and it's all soggy. Uh, so they go to the store and they look at a rice cooker and it costs them $400. And they think, eh, maybe not. Uh, let me give you the secret to cooking the perfect brown rice. Take your brown rice. Short grain would be probably the, the one I would prefer. Has a little bit of a nutty flavor. Take it, put it into a saucepan rinse it off that gets any dust off and now pour off the excess water you now have wet rice damp rice in the bottom of a pan now stir it on high heat stir it up let it dry and what will happen is it toasts and as it toasts you'll smell a little bit of this aroma as the the rice is just caramelizing just a tiny bit and then uh once it's stirred dry you know we're not making popcorn don't do this for five minutes just stir it dry then 
pour in three parts water to one part rice. You heard me right. Most people make rice two parts water, one part rice, uh, put the lid on, wait till all the water's gone. We're not doing that. The reason we're doing three parts water is we're cooking it like pasta. Set a timer at 40 minutes, pour off that excess water, just like you would if you're cooking pasta. And the rice that comes out, fluff it up, serve it with a little light uh, soy sauce, absolutely delicious. And before you go to work tomorrow, put some rice in the bottom of a Pyrex bowl, put some green vegetable, like some uh, steamed broccoli all over the top, maybe a little bit of tofu, a little bit of soy sauce, zap it when you get into the office, it'll satisfy you, make you feel great, and you're gonna lose weight day by day by day by day by day because the rice is high fiber, very low in calories. Man, you are making me hungry. I've never <laughs> thought about actually toasting rice during the cooking process to consume it. I've toasted rice and put that in uh, when I'm steeping green tea, and that gives it a really nice, right. rich, nutty flavor. But I didn't know the trick about toasting it and then going through the rest of the cooking process as you would normally. That sounds amazing. Where did you pick up on that? I have tried to remember where I learned this. I'm sure it was from a macrobiotic chef probably 30 years uh, ago, but I've made it that way ever since. And for all the people who feel like brown rice just doesn't do it for them, this trick will get you. Well, oh, cool. oh, by the way, also once you're done, if you want to put a little sesame on top, you can, or there's a product called gomasio, which can be some sesame seeds, a little bit of salt, a little bit of crushed seaweed, uh, just a little smidgen on there gives it a little extra flavor. You've just turned one of the most simple foods in the entire world into a gourmet delicacy, my friend. Well done, bravo. And also hats off to the, the person who taught you about this in the first place. A round of applause for that person, A plus. Uh, okay, um, by the way, a lot of people say, well, no, 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 no. You guys are supposed to be talking about weight loss today and rice is carb, 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 can't be doing that. You're saying in this case, and, and based off of previous episodes, fear not the carb, my friend. The carb can be your friend, depending on how that carb is packaged, correct? That is so important to understand because the lowest calorie food, um, apart from water, you know, which has zero calories, but apart from that, the, the lowest part, calorie part of what you eat is fiber. Fiber has zero or very close to zero calories, depending on which type it is, maybe, maybe uh, uh, two calories per gram, but not more than that. Then carbohydrate comes next at four. Protein also has four, but fat has nine calories per gram. So when you go down to something like brown rice, which is a mixture of fiber and healthy complex carbohydrate, you just can't do better than that. And it fills you up. It gives your body the, the energy that it needs and it helps keep you thin. And I go back to Asia. Asian countries, when they were eating a rice-based diet, did not have weight problems. But with economics and changes in culture, when the pork and the cheese and the milk and the ice cream come in and the fat comes into the diet, that's when the weight problems start. So we're just making the clock go backward. And we are, instead of westernizing their diet, we're kind of easternizing our diet and taking advantage of it. And we could talk about that for uh, many, 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 many more hours. But uh, let's let's keep rolling through this list here. We've got number three at brown rice. What do you have for us? Number four in your top five for weight loss. Okay, number five, uh, cruciferous vegetables. This is the group that includes broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, uh, and many others. Uh, in the Harvard list that I mentioned earlier, this was number two right after berries. And the cruciferous vegetables stand out from all green vegetables are good, but the cruciferous vegetables stand out for a couple of reasons. Um, one is that they have a specific anti-cancer effect um, that you get in addition to their weight loss effect. 
the anti-cancer effect comes from a natural compound called sulforaphane, which is in the broccoli or Brussels sprouts. And if you eat the broccoli today, by tomorrow and the next day, your liver is making more phase two enzymes that are detoxifying enzymes. It is that fast. Um, but the weight loss effect comes from a real no-brainer thing. A serving of uh, broccoli, about five grams of fiber, okay, fills you up, makes you feel satisfied. How many calories? 55. Uh, if it's asparagus, asparagus, a little bit less fiber, maybe 40, uh, maybe four grams of fiber in a serving. How many calories? All of about 40, something like that. So these are the foods that have practically no calories, but they, they uh, are very filling. The funny secret that broccoli doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really brag about, but it should, is protein. If a person ate nothing but broccoli all day, let's say you're eating 2,000 calories a day, and all you ate was broccoli, uh, not that you'd ever do this, but you would have well over 100 grams of protein uh, a day just from that alone. So the per calorie basis, the cruciferous, cruciferous vegetables, very high in protein, very high in fiber, very filling, make you feel terrific. Um, the big problem we have with these is, particularly for a lot of kids who are you know, teenagers, they're afraid of broccoli. So the way to make broccoli really delectable is go to the store. I know you know about this. You get some Bragg's aminos. It comes in a little spray bottle. It's like soy sauce, but a little sweeter. And you steam up the broccoli, spray on the Bragg's, delicious. Or take a lemon or a lime, cut it up, uh, roll it before you cut it, roll it on the surface of your counter so that it kind of breaks up the membranes and that liberates the juice. Put the lemon juice all over the, the steamed broccoli. The combination of the bitterness of the broccoli and the uh, sourness of the lemon juice combines beautifully. You can do the same thing with seasoned rice vinegar. Makes it like candy. You know, I, I'm getting the impression, and I know that when you write your books, you, you have uh, a, a very talented people assist in creating the recipes for them. But I'm telling you, if you ever considered creating Dr. Barnard's cookbook, where it is your recipes exclusively, my friend, based off of what you said the past 20 minutes and 51 seconds, I think that you could have yourself another best-selling book, my friend. I'm just saying it all sounds so good. Oh my goodness. I have to say, I'm one of these people who's kind of all thumbs in the kitchen, but I guess, I guess my message is if I can do it, you can do it. I like the way you think. You know oh, what I mean. I got you. I got you. So uh, we've been through four of your top five. That only leaves us with the fifth and final food on that list. What might that be, my friend? Okay. Number five, really easy one. And this is melon. This could be a cantaloupe. It could be a melon. It could be watermelon. Now this is on the Harvard list too. Uh, this came in at about, I think, number four on the Harvard list. But the reason that, I'm, that I want melon here is um, you buy a melon, you buy a watermelon, you put it on your counter and you know what happens? You got a melon on your counter, nothing happens, nobody eats it. But what you do instead is you slice it open, cut it into bite-sized pieces, put it in a little bowl, little glass bowl, put it inside your refrigerator. And what you'll discover is that when your family members come around and they open the, the refrigerator door like a museum, you know what I mean? What's in here? Um, because it's already cut up and it's already bite-sized. They grab a whole bunch, put it on a plate, and it disappears in no time. The beauty of that is it's not something that's, it's not a, a high-calorie um, junk food snack. It's a healthy snack. It's nutrition, vitamins, water, fiber, nothing to apologize for. You get a melon, you put it on the counter. What happens? 
it stays on the counter. So true. I mean, there has never been a wiser statement. The fact, though, that um, that that really works for virtually all melons is pretty promising. And the thing that just I've learned in my experience now keeping weight off for well over a decade is that, look, don't force yourself to eat a food that you don't like the taste of because that is going to derail your success. There's only so many times you can eat that before you say enough is enough. I'm going to go for the good old fashioned hamburger. But if you don't like watermelon, try the honeydew. If you don't like that, go with the cantaloupe, something like that. And so there's really something for everyone here. Just because on this list of five foods, there's just so many different varieties of them that you can find the one that works for you, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And mix them up. Um, so I mentioned berries at the top, melons at the end, put them together. Um, there, you know, you can make your own salad of all these things and you can spice them up in fun ways. All right, let's uh, do the Power Foods Focus here. Very excited. March 26th is the release of the Power Foods Diet. This is going to be your next book. And so the Power Foods Focus today, we're going to be talking about foods that work like Wagovi. We were talking about all of those fad diets at the start of the show. And man, it seems like you can't turn on the TV, open up the internet without hearing about these weight loss drugs. But you're saying that there are actually foods out there that can mimic Wagovi's effects. What are they? I, that, that's exactly right. And in fact, we should, Chuck, we should probably even put it the other way around because um, the GLP-1 in uh, analogs like Wagovi, Ozempic, and others, um, GLP-1 is something that when it goes to the brain, it reduces your appetite. The drugs, the drug manufacturers didn't invent it. It started in your body. GLP-1 is made in your own digestive tract. Mother Nature built it in saying, okay, when food goes down, we got to have a signal that says you've had enough. So your intestinal tract makes GLP-1, goes in your bloodstream, goes to the brain, among other things. And it says, hmm, right amount, you can eat less now, and eventually kind of turns it off. So all that Novo Nordisk did in making Ozempic and Wagovi was they made something that mimicked what your body does naturally. Here's the problem. So many people are eating foods that don't have, they have, that have almost no effect on GLP-1 in your body. Uh, in fact, Dr. Hanna Kaliova, our own uh, director of clinical research here at the Physicians Committee, has been a, a guest here on the exam room live many times, um, did an amazing study. She's brought in volunteers and gave them two different meals. The meat-based meal, I'm talking about just one single meal, the meat-based meal, people eating this sandwich, uh, then you measure the GLP-1, barely a ripple. Then you take the same person, separate time, bring them in, feed them the same number of calories, but it is a plant-based meal. And what you can see is as those nutrients go down the digestive tract, they grab a hold of that machinery that makes GLP-1, turn it on, the GLP-1 goes to the brain and, and, and we can measure it. And she did and published these findings. So the, the, the magic question really is why? What is this about? It looks like meat has, meat is what? It's protein mixed with fat, plus the occasional tapeworm and salmonella, but I'm talking about food like <laughs> So um, that does not trigger GLP-1 release, but a food that has carbohydrate and fiber, and if it has fat, it's more the, the polyunsaturates or monounsaturated fats, not the saturated fat and bacon yeast. That seems to be the trigger for turning on the GLP-1. So you get these same foods, high in fiber, they tame your appetite naturally, they're really good, but they actually do exactly 
what uh, the Novo Nordisks of the world have been trying to do with drugs is they release the GLP-1 naturally. Now, now you might say, well, how strong is the effect? If you look at the studies of Wagovi and Ozempic, over the long run, if you could get a person who really sticks with it, which is hard to do uh, for a lot of reasons, people, most people give up on them after a while. But if you looked at somebody who stuck with it, they might lose a substantial amount of weight, maybe as much as 35 pounds um, with a healthy lifestyle, plus the drug. If you were to look at, say, the Adventist Health Study 2 data, where they looked at vegans versus pescatarians versus meat eaters and so forth, the vegans on average in that study were about 35 pounds lighter compared to the omnivores. So the point I'm making is that longer term adherence to a diet that is plant-based is turning on the body to regulate appetite in a healthy way, to give you the GLP-1 in a healthy way, to help you to excrete the calories you don't need and will maintain your body weight at a much lower and healthier level. And we talked about a lot of different foods on the show today. I would assume that none of them pose the kind of risk that accompanies a lot of these weight loss drugs. We hear a lot about gastrointestinal uh, freezing, so to speak, gastroparesis. Um, we don't see any of that with any of your five foods for weight loss today, do we? That's exactly right, Chuck. The, the, all the side effects are good ones. I mean, they bring your cholesterol down. They, they make your blood sugar get better. Keep in mind, if you're using a drug, um, they're not, you're not injecting GLP-1. You're injecting a GLP-1 receptor agonist, meaning it's something that is different enough that the company can patent it. So it can't be just something in your body. It's got to be chemically different or they couldn't go through that. They couldn't make any profit off of it. So it's going to be something that is unnatural. It's designed to be that way. And suddenly you get all these side effects. Like you get nausea and gastroparesis. That's just the beginning of it. Um, there are other things. You probably saw the French study that showed a higher risk of thyroid cancer. And just stay tuned. I, I'm not trying to say there isn't a role for medication for weight control. There may well be for some people. What I'm trying to say is that these are not... What, what I'm trying to say is that we can do much the same thing. Naturally, if we, if we do it right, if we take advantage of the power foods that will work for us, and don't let the, the unhealthy foods creep in and undo their benefit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just as a, a weight loss guy myself, having been through that transformation, I think that no matter what route you take to lose the weight, you know, the long-term solution um, is not going to come by way of an injectable or a surgery or a pill or anything like that. It's about making changes to your diet and finding the foods like the five that we talked about here on the show today uh, that can really help with not just uh, your weight loss, but really excite your taste buds as well. And so once you're able to replace uh, the unhealthy things that you're eating currently with the foods that we've been talking about and foods that you enjoy that are also healthy, you're going to be in really good shape. And I promise you, no matter how it is that you get started on your weight loss journey as a guy who has kept 280 pounds off now for 14 years, uh, there's there's just no escaping the fact that there is no magical solution for this other than changing your diet. But the good news is, as is uh, proven, you were talking about blueberry muffins, for goodness sakes, in your book. So you're still going to be able to eat a lot of the things that you have been enjoying your, uh, your entire life. It's just a matter of making them healthier. Simple as that, Dr. Barnard. Exactly right. And when I worked with Dustin Harder and Lindsay Nixon on the recipes, we wanted to make foods 
some foods that were a little bit elegant, took a little more time in the kitchen, others that were really easy and others that were convenient food for all those people, which is maybe about half of the people who read my books, about half the people really don't cook at all. And they're looking for convenience foods and this can still work for you. But Chuck, let me tell you something. I, th I think my most important benefit here is I'm hoping that people will find ways to tackle their own weight issues so, so that they're not hurting themselves with diets that promise a lot of things or with side effects and expense from drugs, but also so that we're taking into our lives healthy food habits that we can share with other people around us, including our children or younger people in our homes, because otherwise they're growing up into a world that's really going to beat them up a little bit when it comes to weight issues. And I think there are ways to deal with it more humanely. Absolutely. And we're going to be talking more about that in an upcoming episode. But if you would like to take the time right now to pre-order your copy of The Power Foods Diet, there's a link to do that right now in the show description or in the episode notes. And then also, Dr. Barnard, I mean, the perfect place to bring those muffins, if at all possible, would be to the National Press Club on March 26th, the day that the book is released. Because you, me, Dustin Harder, a whole bunch of people were going to get together and have a big old party for that release. Lease. I can't wait. Uh, fill us in a little bit more about what might be happening that night at the National Press Club. It's going to be really exciting. We're going to talk about the things that we've been touching on here in more detail. We're going to show you a whole range of wonderful foods that biologically affect the body in the best possible way to speed weight loss, to make it permanent. But then we're going to show you what Dustin and the other magicians that we work with have done in the kitchen to make them absolutely delectable. So it's going to be a really fun evening. And Chuck, I'm delighted that you're going to be leading the whole thing. It's going to be at the National Press Club, which you know well. Um, such a wonderful historic place here in downtown Washington, a stone's throw from the White House. Beautiful Rome men. We're going to fill it and have a party. Absolutely. So stay tuned. Ticket details going to be announced very, very soon, I promise you. And if you're an exam room VIP, you may be the first to know about it. It's absolutely free to sign up for that. That is our exclusive club for exam roomies who really love taking their health IQ to the next level. Head over to pcrm.org slash exam room VIP to sign up today. Plus, we're going to have exclusive uh, live virtual events uh, in, uh, um, in conjunction with the release of the book. You're going to get early access to to select episodes of the show a whole lot of perks there absolutely for free and does us a whole heap of good to support our mission at the physicians committee of making the world a healthier and more compassionate place as well so pcrm.org slash exam room vip to sign up and there's a link to that as well in the episode notes too so dr barnard uh this may be the first time in the history of the exam room live that we haven't gotten the opportunity to open up the doctor's mailbag. I know that there are a lot of questions that came in today, but have no fear. What I would love to do is save these and then we will bring them up in another episode because I feel like there's so much more that we could talk about here when it comes to weight loss. I'm looking forward to it. So let's recap here. Five foods for maximum weight loss. And keep this in mind as we're talking about this, that people say you can't eat carbs, you can't eat fruit and lose weight. <laughs> no way, my friend. Here are the big five from Dr. Barnard. Number one, in no particular order, berries, especially blueberries. Number two, cinnamon. Then third on the list, brown rice, followed at four by cruciferous vegetables. And then rounding out the list in fifth is melons. So fruit is on the list, rice, 
carbs on the list, cruciferous vegetables on the list, and then cinnamon. Sprinkle it on and have a good old time watching those pounds fade away. I mean, really, you just want to add those to your plate when you're eating your black-eyed peas this year for good luck, right? That is the formula for success. You can master weight loss in 2024 and then just imagine what 2025 is going to be like. Make this your year to build and then next year, make that the year of your dreams. Make it happen. And as the years roll by and you keep this weight off, I'm telling you from experience, it just gets sweeter and sweeter. It never gets old. It never gets stale. And it is something that you will wake up grateful for every single day. What a way to kick off our Heroes of Health series. This was just the first of the big series to arm your toolbox with everything you need for health success this year. And so every day this week, the first week of 2024, we are bringing you new episodes of the Exam Room podcast. Next up, Dr. Gemma Newman will be here with six healing habits to get well and stay well. And also on the next show with Dr. Newman, we're going to be rolling out a brand new feature for this brand new season called 5-4. So five tips or foods for your success. And I am thrilled that my friend, our friend, Carly Bodrug from Plant You will be joining us with five meals for making your life easier. She's got a brand new cookbook on the way as well called Plant You Scrappy Cooking. And she is all about no waste, but a lot of taste. So it's going to be great to catch up with Carly on the next episode with five and then on Wednesday, January 3rd, Dr. Will Bolsowitz will be here telling us how we can optimize our 38 trillion, yeah, 38 trillion gut microbes. And then Thursday, January 4th, first time guest ever, Dr. Joel Furman will be with us on the show to help us reset our relationship with food as we head into the new year. And then Friday, January 5th, dermatologist extraordinaire Dr. Jessica Krant is here with us. Radiant healthy skin is the topic and she's going to be telling us what we should be eating to look our best. So lots still to come on our Heroes of Health series to set the plate for the new year. And if you happen to be looking for a way to power up change for yourself in the new year beyond just your health, well, what about joining our team here, making a big time change in the career path? Join our team at the Physicians Committee because we are looking for a registered dietitian with at least three years experience to provide nutrition expertise for clinical research activities on the effect of a plant-based diet and various aspects of health. So you can explore this opportunity and see all of our other open positions right now at pcrm.org slash careers. That is pcrm.org slash careers. And don't forget, if you haven't already become an exam room VIP, now is the time and the cost is nothing. It's absolutely free. But as a VIP, you will get exclusive access to all of our premium interviews, including one that we did back in November with Dr. Michael Greger before his new book, How Not to Age, came out. 
VIPs had access to the interview two weeks before anyone else. And so you're also going to get early access to pre-sale opportunities for tickets to our big live shows. Those will be coming up very, very soon. And we're also going to be doing more exclusive shows with Dr. Neil Barnard as he gears up for the release of his new book, The Power Foods Diet. That's going to be coming very soon. But best of all, your VIP membership with the exam room supports our mission here at the Physicians Committee of making the world a healthier place. We are truly touching lives around the globe through groundbreaking research and education. So get on board, be VIP for free. Sign up right now, pcrm.org slash exam room VIP. And one last favor as we head into the new year, if you have not already done so, go ahead, head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your shows. Look for the Exam Room Podcast by the Physicians Committee. Give it a follow, give it a subscribe, and a five-star rating. And when you do the five-star rating, you can leave a nice review. Tell us what you like about the show or how a plant-based diet has powered up your health, taken your health IQ to the next level. Go ahead, leave that and that is how the show continues to grow and we can help others in 2024 and beyond. But for today, that is going to wrap things up. I want to say thank you one more time to Dr. Neil Barnard for being here, raising our health IQs on the first show of the new season. And for everyone at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember, as always, keep it plant-based. Plant-based.